Let's pray for Diane. Dear Lord God, we just thank you for your word. We thought, Father, we thank you that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And we just ask, Lord, that you would be with Diane as she speaks to us this morning. May we hear from you. May we learn from you. And may we walk more closely with you in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I agreed a few months ago with Ian to do this, um, I didn't think I'd feel this morning. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, it's quite daunting actually being up here at front. Um, today's Mother's Day, as we've already heard, and all over the country uh, people will be thinking about their mothers and how they influenced them. Um, different people will have different memories as well. Some will have good memories, some will have not so good memories. Um, I have lovely memories of my mother. I miss her greatly um, and have done for a long time. Um, this morning I got messages from my boys. I haven't talked to them yet, but I've had cards from grandchildren and messages and WhatsApp. Um, we'll probably speak to them later today. And family is a wonderful thing. Uh, and today we're going to talk, we're going to read and speak about a family. Um, the reading's a familiar story, and we've, we've seen it through the puppets telling us the story. Thank you, Ben and Grace. Um, but we've also heard it through today's reading. Now, at first glance, it's not a story that you think of as, as a Mother's Day story. There are lots of other Bible passages that could be a Mother's Day story. But in the recent weeks when I've read this story, this story just stood out as been having so much to teach us about God's love and care and or love and care for other people. So today, it's not just to encourage mothers, it's actually to encourage all of us, um, because we are all part of God's plan. Uh, as a young child in Northern Ireland, I often heard adults talk in whispered conversations. Uh, I grew up during the Troubles, I was about five when they started, and um, my parents used to use a phrase all the time, and other adults, which was, they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And as a very young child, I didn't know what that meant. But as I got older, I began to understand it meant that something had happened to them and they just were in the wrong place. But when we look at Moses and his story, we could actually say that he was born in the wrong place at the wrong time. But actually, that's not correct. We will see as we look at this story that Moses was born in the right place at the right time. And in my life, I've often tried to, try to turn that phrase around about it being in the right place at the right time. In this story, we're introduced to lots of people. We've got Moses, we've got his sister Miriam, we've got his mother Jochebed, we've got Pharaoh's daughter. And this morning, I just want to look at their characteristics, look at their place in the story, and then their characteristics, and what we can learn from it. What can we apply to our lives today? The background to this story is that the Hebrews were in Egypt. Why were they in Egypt? Well, if you go back to the story of, of Joseph, Joseph was a governor, his family had famine, and he brought them to live with him in Egypt. When he was alive, they were protected. They were well thought of. But this story comes 400 years later. They are no longer well thought of. 
They're now a large nation, and they're slaves to the Egyptians. The Pharaoh at the time was really worried that the Hebrews would turn against the Egyptians. There were far too many Hebrews, and there were far too many Hebrew boys who could form an army. So Pharaoh decided that Hebrew boys would be killed. Now, we've got Moses' mother, and I'm not starting with Moses, and that's on purpose, because we'll come to Moses at the end. Um, we're told in the Bible that um, Jochebed, Moses' mother, saw that he was a fine child. Now, I don't know a mother who doesn't think their child's a fine child. I certainly thought my children were best in the world, and I think my grandchildren are the loveliest in the world. Um, but actually, what that means in biblical terms, being a fine child, was she saw something different about this child. She saw that this was a child that God had his hand on, and that's what she saw. And she wanted to protect him, but she was in a very difficult situation. The Pharaoh had said, baby boys must be killed. And so for the first three months, she kept the baby safe at home. And if anybody's heard the, the cries of a newborn baby, they are, I think they're lovely. I can remember seeing um, babies being born when I, was, when I was nursing. And I used to love those first cries of a newborn baby. They're so tiny, so beautiful. But as they come to a year, a year and a half, and we've got a grandchild who's nearly two, she can cry if she wants to cry. And they're very noisy. Um, so the mother had to do something or this baby would be taken off her. So she came up with a plan. Um, as she knew she couldn't bring him up, he would be killed. So she put him in a place of relative safety. And we're, we're told, and we saw in, in of the puppets, that she put him in a papyrus basket, coated it with tar and pitch to waterproof it, and placed him in the bulrushes among the reeds. It's believed she did want him to be found. She wanted him to be found. She knew that the Pharaoh's daughter bathed by the Nile. So by putting him in the Nile, she hoped that he would be found because he needed to be brought up by an Egyptian, not a Hebrew. But she had to trust God. She chose to put him in the reeds because the Nile is a fast-flowing river and he could get carried down. Um, it also has crocodiles, which... Um, might enjoy a baby um, and so she had to do something but it was an act of faith she had to say I can do no more God it's in your hands and that's what she did she handed her baby over to God and said it's in your hands Miriam was the big sister she looked out for her brother by keeping watch but also I think she was brave she was very brave and she took opportunities. When she saw the Pharaoh's daughter, she went up to her. Now, we've got to think about the culture. Pharaoh's daughter was in a different part of society to her. They were, she was a slave girl. But she went up to Pharaoh's daughter and she said, do you want me to find somebody who can feed this child? So she was brave. It wasn't an easy thing to do, but she took that opportunity. Now, Pharaoh's daughter saw Moses, the baby, and she had compassion. She, she saw that the child was crying. 
just as she was supposed to, and she had compassion on the child. And then she eventually adopted the child. But actually, we have to look, let's look at Moses for a minute before we'll come back and re-look at some of these people and what we can learn from them. Moses is at, is at great risk in the first place. Pharaoh wants all baby boys killed. He's at risk again when he's in the bulrushes. But God used his mother, sister, and Pharaoh's daughter to fulfill a plan. And that's a lesson for us. Often God uses different people at different times to fulfill his plans. And lots of people work together to fulfill those plans. And this is confirmed if we look in the New Testament, Hebrews 11, in verse 23, where it says, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. All these people are vital to the story of God's plan to be fulfilled by Moses when he led the Israelites out of Egypt. But you know, Moses was vulnerable. He was a baby. And actually in our society today, there are lots of people who are vulnerable. Ian's asked us to um, think of bringing some food next week for the food bank. The times where the food bank at Godalming has the most need is at Christmas and Easter. And that's one of the reasons for giving a little push now. Um, because there are a lot of families who need those food parcels to get them over the Easter period when their children are not at school. And so there are a lot of people in our society who we can come alongside. Joseph Rowntree Foundation do um, a lot of work on child poverty and I've followed their research over a number of years when I was in education. And they say that one in five of our population, 22%, are in poverty. And I know that's relatively relative poverty compared to the rest of the world. 4.1 million of those people are children. So I want you just to think about that. But today, who do we associate with? Which character do you think you are? Moses' mother saw that something needed done. She just didn't sit and say, well, my child's going to be killed, that's it. She needed to do something, and she stepped out in faith to do it and trust God for the outcome. And actually, God gave her back her son for another about three years, would have been the time that he'd gone back to the palace. So she was able to look after her son. She knew she'd have to give him back to the Pharaoh's daughter, but she, I'm sure she cherished those years that she had with her son. So she stepped in. Do we step in when there's a need? Do I step in when there's a need? Or do I sit back and say, let other people do it? Ian's also talked about people, volunteers needed. So do we step in and see what needs to be done? Miriam, Moses' sister, was brave. And she took the opportunity to speak up for her vulnerable brother. I sometimes question whether I uh, use my voice enough to speak up for justice in this country and as people struggle to have the basics in life. In my previous role when I, when I worked in a college, um, Peterborough is an area of great deprivation. Five wards of Peterborough are the poorest in the whole of the country. Um, and we had many students from those areas who had been out of education for whatever reason. And there was many a time where I had to fight, um, not physically, but verbally, to keep them in college to get them what they needed to, to feed their children 
or to look after themselves. They were vulnerable and nobody else cared for them. Most of them didn't have parents who cared for them. The one thing that surprised me often was on parents' evening, we would have no parents arrive because they didn't want to know. They weren't interested. So do we speak up for justice in our country? Pharaoh's daughter was completely different. She was the other end of the spectrum. She was privileged. She had money, she had security. She had everything she wanted. She lived in a palace. But she had compassion on that baby. And she adopted him and used what she had to help. She was also brave, I would question, that she was brave. Because she spoke against her father. She wanted to do the right thing. He had an edict to kill baby boys. But she knew it was right to have compassion on this baby. Do we do what we can to help others? Why are their actions important? They are important because they're part of God's plan. They were in the right place at the right time. But each of us has a unique story. Every single one of us in this room has a story um, that is different to everybody else's. And God gives us opportunities to serve him in different ways. And we won't all serve God in the same way. I'm sure there are times in your life when you can see God has directed you, even when you weren't sure, and how God weaves to bring his plan in contact with others. I, ha I can look back and see many times where God has his hand, particularly when I lived in Northern Ireland and I was at university and trained as a nurse there. God's timing is often perfect. And I try to think of examples, some of them probably not suitable to speak out today, but think some of the things I experienced. But I just want to share with you something, something that came to me that was unexpected, very special and just needed. Um, I received this letter. Now, this letter still stays in my Bible that I use every day. And I received this letter over three years ago. Now, receiving a letter is probably still not that uncommon in these days, though it's becoming less common. But this is a handwritten letter. And I didn't recognise the writing. Normally we get a letter, we go, oh, that's from. But I didn't recognise the writing. And I opened this letter, and I was in tears by the time I finished this letter. This was a letter from somebody I had nursed with and I had not spoken to for 25 years. Now, for her to send me this letter, she had to track me down. I'd moved six or seven times in that time. But she wrote to me a word of encouragement from God. Why this was so special in another way was this girl and I both were caught up in a terrorist at at attack and both survived with, with minimal injuries. And together, after that point, she became a Christian. She had no time for Christ before then. She had been brought up a Catholic, and she just really rejected everything about God. And she became a Christian after that incident because she saw that God had her ha his hand on both of us in that, at that time. But she wrote to me at a time when actually I needed some encouragement. Life was tough. I was going through some difficult times at work at the time. There were lots of things going on. And the word that she gave me was exactly right for that time. And she had said, forgive me for writing this letter, but I feel God has told me to do this. And at the end, she ends with, if it's not relevant, just ignore it. 
which was very typical of her. But actually, that was so right. And I, she'd put her, her mobile number, and I immediately texted her and said, this is so right for now. That was God. Nobody else told her. She had to track me down through another person that we'd nursed with. But she knew, she heard God speak, and she could have said, well, that's really silly. I haven't spoken to her for 25 years. Why do you want me to send her a letter? But she was obedient. Sometimes we don't always see God at work or see it as of him. God, although, if we look at that story, is not mentioned. There is nowhere in that story that God's name is mentioned. But God was quietly at work. Moses, by growing up in the palace, he received the education skills, um, organisation skills that he needed to lead the Hebrews out of Egypt at God's appointed time. It was, however, 80 years before he did that. It didn't happen right away. God's timing is not always ours. But at times we may feel that God is distant from us and from what's happening in our world. We pray and we don't seem to see changes. But God has his plan. His timing is perfect. We just need to be obedient. Just as Moses, in his later life, mother, his sister and Pharaoh's daughter. I just encourage us today to just ask God what it is he wants us to do. And God will lead us and he will guide us. Amen. Um, as we come, we're going to come to our, our, final, our final hymn. And it's, it's Lord, I come to you. Um, and the reason I, I've chosen this one, and there is a reason why I've chosen this one, because it says, Lord, unveil my eyes. Let me see you face to face the knowledge of your love as you live in me. And this is the story that we've read today. It's all about love and care. Lord, renew my mind as your will unfolds in my life in living every day by the power of your love. May we live every day in God's power.